Welcome to episode number 27 of In the Word with Mel Bennett, a study of scripture passages from the Word of God. My name is Steve Webb, and we're so glad you're with us today. Pastor Bennett's subject today is the cross. His scripture is 1 Corinthians 1, 17 and 18. Do you have your Bible? Let's see what Pastor B has for us today. Pastor, the floor is yours. Thank you, Steve, and let me again encourage everyone, if you'll Check on the website, lifespringmedia.com, and uh, listen to any of the other good podcasts that are on there. Steve has a bunch of them, and they're really some great stuff. So check them out, would you? And uh, not only listen to ours, but listen to others as well. This morning, we want to look at the cross, and uh, we're going to 1 Corinthians 1, 17 and 18 for a text so follow along with me as we read, would you? You have your Bible? For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Paul lays out in this passage his reason for preaching the gospel. It was the message of the cross. In our message for this program, I want to share with you from this passage and others some things about the message of the cross that Paul wants us to know. And I think when we begin, we must start with Paul's consecration. He said he laid aside all human wisdom. Now, if you think about it, Paul could have boasted of his learning and wisdom. He learned from the best. He was filled with zeal for the Jewish religion. But he willingly, because of the cross, laid it all aside. He set aside his tremendous wisdom and knowledge for the sake of the cross. The Bible says he counted all things loss. Listen to Paul as he writes in Philippians 3, verse number 7. For whatever things were gained to me, I now counted loss for the sake of Christ. He emptied himself of all of his human wisdom. Now, this does not mean that we should not educate ourselves, but rather that when it comes to service for God, we look to Him for our ability and not to our own abilities. He then goes on to speak of the foolishness of the cross, Paul does. He says, to those that are perishing, it is foolishness. The cross has become foolishness to a world today. They look at the Christian and mock him and make fun of him and say he's simple. He doesn't understand anything, but thanks be unto God, there's a change that comes over us when we accept the cross, and it's no longer the foolishness, but it says, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Why? Because we see him who is on the cross, Jesus. What a difference that makes when we look at the cross and see not an empty cross alone, but Jesus who died on the cross and then rose from the grave and left that cross empty. He must not be hidden because he is our deliverer, our healer, our savior, and many other things as well. Notice he is our deliverer. He sets us free from the bondage of sin. 
is our healer. He heals our body of all its diseases. But most importantly, he is our savior, for he redeems us and saves us from our sin. Paul was called upon to bear the reproach of the cross also. The cross was heavy, literally. We see Jesus stumble and fall beneath the load of the cross as he bore the reproach of it. When he marched up that hill that day, he was a common criminal considered by the Jewish people, and he had to bear the reproach of the cross. In the garden judgment hall, he could have sought to escape, but no, he pressed forward. When being reproached, we also must press forward, for then and then alone do we know the power of Almighty God. Let us look for a moment at the provisions of the cross. There is in the cross redemption. Hallelujah. Praise God for the wonderful redemptive plan of God. We sing the song, Redeemed High Love, to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercy, His child, and forever I am. Because of the redemption, then there is the deliverance of the provision of the cross. And we are set free from our bondage of sin. The chains that once bound us no longer bind us and hold us any longer. But we are liberated and set free by the power of Almighty God. There is healing also in the cross. Healing for all of our diseases. He heals us spiritually, but he heals us physically as well. And we can claim that healing for our bodies. Then there is holiness. And that is a beautiful part of this the separated life. We are separated from the world. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. Praise God. We are set apart by the holiness of God to live a life that is clean and pure before God. Now, we cannot do this on our own, but again, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then, and finally, there is the peace that comes to us. The only thing that can satisfy, no other religion can do what Christianity can do. No matter how hard they try, they only have a simple uh, uh, emptiness when it comes to the fact of peace. Where there is chaos all around, I believe we can have a wonderful sense of peace. We live in a world that is full of chaos and trouble and problems. But in this world, we can know the peace of God that passes understanding. And then also there is the effect of the cross. It is the power of God but only when we deny all else. Think of the greatest power you can, and God exceeds that power, for he is all-powerful. Think for a moment what that really means, to be all-powerful, to have all power. That power is given to you and I. Now, not that we are able to do all things, but whatever we need to do for Jesus Christ, he gives us the power to do it. The power is worth any sacrifice. Total obedience is required. Some people consider that to be way too much to give to God. But, oh, my friend, there is the beautiful path of obedience that is required and brings about the joy of serving the Lord and then knowing the power of God. And that power, as I said, is worth any sacrifice whatsoever. Now let's look for a moment at the cause of ineffectiveness of the cross. There is the worldliness. You see, you cannot serve two masters Either you'll love one and hate the other, the Bible says. Uh, And so we cannot serve two masters. We, We cannot live a worldly life. We have to be in the world, but not of the world. 
and we are called upon to set ourselves apart from the world and not live a worldly life. Because if you live a worldly life, if you associate yourself with the world system and tie into what it stands for, you will lose your effectiveness of the cross. Then there is the ineffectiveness of foolishness. The world again thinks the cross is foolish, and it looks at it as foolishness. Oh, how tragic it is that the world looks at the Christian and mocks him and says, he's a simple person. He doesn't understand. He doesn't comprehend the things of this world. Well, thanks be unto God, we don't. We are uh, unconcerned about those things. We rather serve a living God, and that to us is not foolishness. There is the ineffectiveness of unconcerned. That's the tragedy that this would should ever happen to a Christian, that he should be unconcerned about the lost. But oh, how tragic it is that many Christians live their lives unconcerned about the fact that those around them are going to hell without Jesus Christ as their Savior. We need to be concerned. Well, what are the causes of this ineffectiveness? I believe there are three in respect, primarily. One is a lack of respect for the gospel. Secondly is a lack of loyalty to the gospel. And third is a lack of obedience to the gospel. Let's touch on each of those just briefly. There is a lack of respect for the gospel. You have to hold the gospel in high esteem if you're going to serve the Lord and believe the word of God and be obedient to the word of God. Then there is the lack of loyalty to the gospel. How often there are men and women who lose the sense of the loyalty to Jesus Christ and his gospel and his good news message for the world today. But we are called upon to be loyal to God and to stand with him regardless of what the world says. And then there is a lack of obedience to the gospel. Oh, how we need to learn to obey the word of God. It's so easy to be obedient to God's word. I often have told people, it's just as easy to obey as not to obey. In fact, it's harder to disobey the gospel. All cause the cross to lose its attraction to us. And the end result is that they perish. So don't lose its attraction. Don't lose your love for God. Don't lose your love for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the end result is that you will perish. Now comes a big question. And that question is this. Must Jesus bear the cross alone? A songwriter used these words and wrote many years ago, Must Jesus bear the cross alone, and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone, and there's a cross for me. Here are some things to consider when answering this question. Now, these are just a few suggestions that are mine. First of all, we need to understand that the cross is not a visible thing. It's an invisible thing. It's spiritual and because we look at it as spiritual rather than something that is natural and human, the world then thinks we're foolish. But listen, my friend, you're more a spiritual being than anything else, and the cross becomes a spiritual issue to you. For righteousness crosses unrighteousness. The Christ's way crosses the devil's way, and the Christian crosses the world. The emblem of the Christian faith is the cross of Jesus Christ. He bore it and went forward. You and I must bear it and be a Christian. Lay it down and he will deny you. Christ suffered and bore the reproach of the cross. Let us bearing the reproach of the cross look alone to Jesus for the strength to endure to the very end. 
What are the results of the cross? Well, we'll exchange it first of all for a crown if we're faithful. That's a beautiful thought, and you will dwell. The crown speaks to us of rulership and authority, and we have that authority through Jesus Christ if we are willing to exchange the cross for a crown. Many of his disciples exchanged it for a crown in the midst of great suffering in this world when they were alive. But God help us that we can do the same. Therefore, we need to bear it with faith moving ever forward. Now, I don't want to leave you with a negative feeling about being a Christian for the cross of Jesus Christ. The rewards far exceed the hardness. Paul constantly reminded the church to look to the rewards, and I shall be delighted to do the same, to look at the rewards of the cross. Hallelujah. When one day I shall exchange this old world and all of its trouble and difficulty for a crown. Listen to me, my friend. There's room at the cross for you. Ira Stanfield wrote a beautiful hymn about this a few years ago, back in 1946. In fact, he wrote the words, The cross upon which Jesus died is a shelter in which we can hide, and its grace so free is sufficient for me, and deep is its fountain, as wide as the sea. There's room at the cross for you. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. Though millions have found him a friend and have turned from the sins they have sinned, the Savior still waits to open the gates and welcome a sinner before it's too late. Oh, there's room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. The hand of my Savior is strong, and the love of my Savior is long through sunshine or rain, through loss or in gain. The blood flows from Calvary to cleanse every stain. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. Yes, there's room at the cross for you, my friend. If you want to accept the cross of Jesus Christ, if you want to exchange it one day for a crown, if you want to know the joy of serving the Lord Jesus Christ, come and find that room today. Let's pray, shall we? Our Father and our God, we thank you for the privilege and the joy of sharing with our friends the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that one day Jesus died on a cross that we might be saved. But thanks be unto God, he did not stay dead. He rose from the grave, triumphant over death, over hell, and over the grave. And he lives forever to remain our Savior and our Lord. Oh, God, help people today to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior by simply praying that prayer. Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. Make me a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I will give you praise, for I ask it in Jesus' name and for his glory alone. Amen and amen. I'm so glad that there's room at the cross for me. If you haven't asked Jesus to be your Savior, it isn't too late. Pray that prayer now, my friend. I promise you'll never be sorry you did. At the beginning of today's episode, Pastor Bennett mentioned that you might enjoy some of the other podcasts that are available at lifespringmedia.com. Since you're listening to this podcast, you might enjoy the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible. 
It's a daily podcast where we are in the process of reading through the entire Bible in a year. Each day, I read a passage of Scripture, then share some commentary on that day's reading. I'd love to have you join us. In your podcast app, just search for LifeSpring Family Audio Bible or visit bible.lifespringmedia.com. Feel free to write to Pastor Bennett at pastorb at lifespringmedia.com. Let him know your thoughts. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.